So hello and welcome to the Dharma Life podcast. I'm your host, Aloise Surfleet Middleton. And today I have with you a really, really dear friend of mine. We have had six lifetimes together, Atlantis. And most recently we are sharing this incarnation and I'm very pleased to be on the journey with him. And I knew that you guys needed to meet him because he's a gifted, intuitive, psychic and exec coach. So Chris Saroy, welcome to the Dharma Life podcast. Thank you. Lovely to be here. And I couldn't be more pleased to be here with you, my darling. Chris and I met through kind of mutual friends. And when we met, it was again, one of those soul recognized relationships. It was just so easy. And we just mm. sat and talked and then kind of been friends ever since really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you've been a very, very big part of my journey in the last, well, literally last year, thanks to your magicalness, getting me to move out to the country as it were. Yes. And we now have the privilege of living down the road from each other. And I'd really recommend anyone listening, it's really important to get your soul family around you because Chris mm. and I are very lucky. We activate each other. So we go for a walk twice a week and we're so energized and full of ideas when we get back. And it's just incredible to be able to talk to somebody who totally gets me in my weird wavelength. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because mine's just as weird and wacky as it were. As it, anyway, and that's our, just our reality, isn't it? So yeah, and I think one of the reasons I wanted to get you on is you are doing your dharma. You know, you're totally embracing your soul purpose. You're supporting and serving others in their journeys. And so I knew that you'd have a lot of valuable information for our listeners. And not only that, you've kindly said that you're going to give away two, two, not even one, two intuited readings. And as I said, Chris is a gifted psychic, 15 minutes each. And so you guys listening, I encourage you to listen all the way to the end. And then I'd like you to share what you get from this podcast. And then Chris will, I say randomly, but your guides will probably tell you. Oh, absolutely. Who will. They'll have something to say in the matter for sure. So tell me a little bit about your journey and how you have obviously transitioned into doing your soul work. My journey started right at the beginning, to be honest. I come from a mixed race background. Mum is English. My dad was Indian. They said to me at the age of six, go off and find your own beliefs. And so I took them wow. their word at six. That was this kind of mad kind of eight-year-old trying to read the Bhagavad Gita and all these holy books and all that. And so I've been a seeker for many years. I had this kind of very professional career on the one hand where I, my dad, want, you know, typical Indian father, wanted me to be a doctor. And I rebelled and said, no, I'm going to be a lawyer. And <laughs> yeah, I know, right. Uh, very rebellious and went through that thing went through a law degree have a master's in human rights law and then just realized that it wasn't right for me at all yeah I didn't know that yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely wow. absolutely so I ended up actually totally following in my dad's footsteps and working in HR for a while and then moving into organizational change and then did my coach training but all this time I had this other life going on where I was kind of a shamanic kind of student and studying druidry and kind of world religions and all that kind of thing a lot of people in this kind of world yeah. kind of trying to find their dharma. It's like one life, but professionally looking like another way, but always yeah. trying to bring them together. So back in 2000, literally spirit kind of pushed me over to the US. I remember going to a mind body spirit fair with my mum one day in Brentwood in Essex of all the obviously when you think of spiritual places on the planet, you think of Essex as being one of them. Brentwood, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And my mum was quite open, but she would only get like an aura photograph done. So we went up and got these aura photographs done and the one looked at hers and kind of told her all this stuff. And she looked at mine and said, I've got one thing to say to you. In six months time, you're going to be living in the US. Wow. And one thing led to Pretty bold. Well, yeah, absolutely. But six months and three days later, I was yeah, living wow. in California. Wow. And that really, been a seeker before then, but that's where it really opened up and really blossomed, as it were. 
And so I did my coach training out there, which was very spiritual. I was working in the original dot coms and all that kind of stuff. And the call of spirit to kind of bring all of this into my day-to-day life and into my day-to-day work just got stronger and stronger. Fast forward seven years, spirit said, nope, time for you to go back. So I got pushed back to the UK, kicking and screaming, did not want to be here. But that was August 2007. In October 2007, I met this woman called Sonia Choquette, who is like a very big Hay House Mm. author, that kind Mm. of thing. And kind of was a student of hers for a couple of years. And that was instrumental in everything kind of all these gifts I had. Yeah. At that point, it was like, that's when it all started to kind of really come together into living one life as opposed to living with a foot in two lives. So really since then, even though I kind of, you know, coach kind of execs and kind of CEOs and that kind of thing, what I don't always tell them is I see their kind of angels and their spirit guides and their power animals in the room with them. And that's sort of been the road ever since, as it were. And I think your journey is kind of indicative of what's happening for a lot of people at the moment, because a lot of people are in what we call the spiritual closet. We kind of have this spiritual side that's literally on the side. So what advice do you have for our listeners? Say that they're maybe they're in their 3D job and they've got this spiritual side. They've been developing it. Because I think the whole idea of our podcast is how do you build a life in alignment with your soul? And I think this is what a lot of people are experiencing in the moment. They're moving from their 3D reality into their Mm. 5D purpose. So can you remember that part in your journey? And how do you suggest that people look to navigate it? I can remember that part of my journey very, very clearly. I was lucky in that I was kind of starting to work in kind of organizational change and stress. And, you know, words like energy were starting to be used. We were starting to use words like strengths, which for me, I believe every single one of us has our own unique set of talents and gifts. That is part of our dharma. And in the workplace, we kind of call those strengths. So now the workplace, whilst we can't go full caboodle into the spiritual world, as it were, Mm. we are talking, you know, their positive psychology exists, that kind of stuff. So one of the places to start is really kind of getting to, you've got to start from the inside. You've got to know who you are. You've got to know what your gifts are. So if nothing else, there are things like Clifton Strengths Finder, Strength Scope, that kind of thing, which give a very sanitized version, if you like, or a 3D version of what your innate soul gifts are, as it were. But when you kind of start to kind of get in touch with that giftedness that you have, and what I know is a lot of time when I kind of debrief these things with execs, they kind of go, yeah, these are my strengths and whatever. And it's like, no, this is what makes you unique. As it yes. Were. So the first place you have to start is in terms of like understanding who you are. Exactly right. Understanding, but also really beginning to own who you are and know that every single one of us has something to contribute. The way I think of it is it's almost like a divine symphony, if you like. And you might be like a violinist and I might be like a, I don't know, a clarinetist. If I try to play the violin, I'm going to suck at that big time but I've got my unique thing that I can do and I've got my unique set of talents where I do that. So it's not just about knowing it, it's about you've got to start actually valuing as well. And that's where kind of self-love, self-worth kind of starts coming into Mm. it. It's so kind of not what we've been programmed, is it? We haven't been taught any of that. And I think often people don't necessarily see themselves. I would totally agree with you. That's what we do in Dharma. It's all about people starting to embrace who they are and understanding, like you said, that they are uniquely gifted. So why is that so important? Why is that the first part of the puzzle? For me, everything always comes back to how do we contribute? For me, the way we give value in the world, the way I think every one of us as as souls is interdependent. And so we all have our bit to to give. So when we know what our unique piece is, Mm -hmm. we give up trying to be what we're not. We give up trying to be everyone else. And the amount of people that climb the career ladder 
only to realize when they get to the top of the ladders either leaning against the wrong wall or the top of the wrong ladder it's like once you know that you can relax into who you actually are and use all this energy that you would have used trying to be someone you're not and just use it to fuel your own journey fuel your own service mm. and really give your gifts as it were yeah and i think the other thing i'm silly like to reiterate to people is that i think where people's i see at the moment they get people are getting stuck because it's like i'm such a weird mix of all these different things and like you and i talk about this this morning we've both studied so many different things but actually your 5d purpose is completely unique to you there isn't a path that somebody's walked it you're walking it no absolutely there are clues along the way and we can learn things from other people but ultimately speaking that other thing about absolutely picking up on what you're saying is we all have this kind of like divine channel of information as well we call it intuition we call it being psychic clairsentient whatever else but the more you kind of become self-aware and the more you kind of own your gifts the stronger your intuitive channel becomes as well you stop listening to everyone else and you start listening to that inner voice of wisdom that we all have I think one of the big kind of disgraces of almost like the psychic practitioners is this notion of certain people are psychic and certain people aren't. Rubbish. We're oh, all not. psychic. Yeah, we all yeah. have a connection to the divine. And so that for me is why we start with the self-awareness piece, because then we can start to see that the voice of intuition, which is actually kind of very subtle, very quick, and we miss it if we're not careful. When we start to tune in, it becomes a lot easier to hear that and not listen to our internal judge or internal victim, all that kind of stuff that makes sense yeah absolutely so basically for people listening step one is to understand who you are basically mm -hmm. what's step two step two is to actually start to play with what makes you feel good so one of the things that will make you feel good is actually just starting to use those superpowers starting to use those gifts that we have because those things energize us but then also we live in a society where we're taught to work 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 i know that you've worked like 100 hours a week in the past i certainly have as well Whereas actually, that just kills our energy, that kills yeah. our vibration, that kills mm -hmm. our being. So actually, just we're not supposed to work like that. No, it's we're supposed three to hours a day. Life is supposed to flow. We live in this three-dimensional construct. There are going to be times when it doesn't always. That's what the great masters do. They flow through life. But for us, it's like focusing on the stuff that actually brings us to life, even if that it might have nothing to do with your purpose or your dharma. Apparently. But if, like, for example, I know you've recently got massively into cooking and like, it really brings your life, right? That helps you get into your flow. Yeah, and, and I get so many ideas when I'm cooking. Exactly, exactly. Mm. And that's the thing, we get out of our heads, don't we? That's why things like good old meditation and yoga and all those things help. But it's really about, if this had all the answers already, we'd already be enlightened, 5D ascended, whatever words we want to use for it. But the more we focus on feeling good, the more we focus on keeping our vibration high, yeah. the more in flow we are. And again, the stronger that intuitive channel flows. And that for me is probably step number three, which is you've really got to cultivate the intuition. One of the things Sonia once said to me and part of her teaching is with intuition, you have to expect it. You have to trust it. You have to know it's going to show up. And then most importantly, you have to act on it. Okay. If you don't act on intuition, what's the point because ultimately speaking you know and i know that the only way you kind of bring positive karma into this lifetime is to actually take aligned action You've got to take the action absolutely absolutely okay so one understand who you are and what you're uniquely gifted and talented in yep two do what you love as in go towards the things like the cooking or the whatever flows yeah. for you and comes easily yeah absolutely. enjoy and then three is 
starting to cultivate so how do we cultivate our intuition intuition is one of those funny things that we all have we don't necessarily know that we call it intuition so the thing most of us will be resonant with is that notion of gut feel that kind of feeling in your gut either something feels right or not most of us will ignore it so in that place of just starting to play with it one of the things i like to do and, and kind of teach some of my students to do is if you don't want to act on it straight away just every time you get like a little vibe or a little kind of feel about something mm-hmm. just write it down and just kind of maybe for the course of a week every time you get a hit or mm-hmm. a vibe or thing, we just write it down and what that starts to do is it starts to build evidence and when you start to get build evidence, then you kind of start to get this notion of, oh, maybe Trust this is it. exactly right. Mm. Exactly right. Yeah, that's true. Because we have been taught to mistrust it. And we've been taught to like analyze everything rather than trust. Absolutely. And when you think so many of the big breakthroughs, well, virtually every big breakthrough in humanity has come from some kind of intuitive leap or imaginative leap. It hasn't come necessarily through deduction and analysis, as it were. Sure. So it really is that thing of with words, I sometimes like playing with them, putting like little dashes in them. And if you think you take intuition, stick a little dash in the middle, intuition, inner teacher. And that's the point. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And how did your, because obviously you are gifted in your psychic capability. Like, can you talk us through when you kind of discovered that? Because I always think that's fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was one of those things, again, when we're kids, we're all very open to the strikes. We're all in this like, open theta brainwave kind of thing which is the brainwave where a lot of the psychic intuitive gifts really are open so i remember when i was a kid my dad was on night work and we didn't have central heating at the time this is back in the 70s so so i know so we had to like stairs and switch the immersion heater on before my dad could go to work and i used to go upstairs and i used to get the heebie-jeebies as a kid because i could feel around me but of course, I was like four or five years old. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. But, but I think we all have versions of that, but it gets conditioned out of us, right? Mm. So for me, I had a experience when I was about 15 or 16. No, I was 16, where <laughs> I was at music school one evening and we decided to do a seance, that kind of thing that teenagers do. <laughs> kind of and actually, stuff happened. And it wasn't pretty. It was like actually quite, quite a heavy energy kind of came in. And one of my friends actually started kind of, we didn't know at the time, and I didn't have the language for the time, but she actually started to kind of take some of that energy on and it wasn't great. So we kind of split as it were. But about six weeks later, a lady came into my life who was heavily psychic and trained. And I started to become friends with her. And that was when I started to kind of get some vocabulary for what we were talking about, starting to talk about intuition starting to talk about spirit guides and that kind of thing, starting to talk about angels. And how um, old were you at this point? So at this point, I just turned 17. Wow, oh, okay, so you um, got, it came to you quite young then. Yeah, quite young, but like everything, I kind of, I was also getting ready to go to university, I was getting ready to be a law student, all this kind of stuff. Mm. So it kind of came in and came out a few times. And then it probably wasn't until I started my first real job after university that my seeking part really kind of came up. That's when I started to study kind of shamanism when I was about 21, 22. I was studying druidry and the intuitive stuff kind of, it was almost like my guides went, ah, great, we've got an opening, let's go, let's jump in. So they talked to you in your head, how did that? That point, it was more, I'm primarily what's called claircognizant, which is kind of clear thinking, which we know that as like downloads or kind of thoughts that seem very different to yourself. And I just got and kind of got this intuition to just start writing. So I'd start writing and we now call that intuitive or automatic writing. And I'd write down a few sentences and pretty soon it was almost like somebody had taken over my hand 
And so I used to literally kind of write, wow. write, 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 as it were. And pages came through. And that's how it started, as it were. Basically, you started doing the morning pages and then also automatic writing, as in something was starting to write through you. What I realized was, yeah, it's a very subtle thing, but it was quite alarming at the time. Write a few things as if I was journaling or whatever. I just journaling my thoughts and all that. And then pretty soon words that I would never use in a million years started kind of coming through. And uh, it was almost like... So you knew it wasn't you almost. Yeah, it was like I was writing it, but I was like reading it back and kind of going, was that me who wrote that? And quite patently, it was my hand that wrote it, but quite patently, it wasn't me who wrote it, as it were. How did it develop from, like for someone listening that wants to develop their intuition and connect with their guides, that's a really great tip to do that. And then how do they appear to you now? I remember across the years, I've done very like done various courses with the teachers across the years. Sonia was a big one. I studied with a few other people as well. And I always remember thinking, you know, I heard about like all the clairsenses. So most of us have heard of clairvoyance, but there's clairsentience, clairaudience, clear hearing, all that kind of stuff. And I thought I was one or two of those. That would be the only way my guides would communicate with me. You and I and everyone else out listening also have our five regular senses. We see, hear, taste, touch and feel. And I kind of realized not so long ago, actually, within the last decade, that actually the guides and actually life, universe, source are talking to us all the time through all of our clear senses. So sometimes I see stuff through in my third eye. Sometimes it's like I hear stuff in my ear, as it were. I rarely hear actual voices, as it were. You see Uh, things? I do. I do. I see orbs. I I often see energetic outlines. Um, Weirdly enough, Zoom is actually a really good medium for being able to see things like auras and start to see spiritual beings in other people's presence, as it were. Something about the medium that kind of really works. So, yeah, generally speaking, when I'm around someone, I can see like the color of their aura. I can kind of pick up on their chakras and all that kind of thing. But I've also set very tight boundaries with my guides. So most of the time, I don't just see it passively. I kind of have to open up because when you've got so much information coming in, if you don't set boundaries, it can be overwhelming at first kind of thing. So give us some top tips for people listening who want to, because I think this is like those of us who are awake, we're in this 3D to 5D conversation. We know that the ascension is happening. We know that humanity is shifting. Mm. The exciting thing for most of our listeners, myself included, is all these abilities coming back online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything that's worked for you that's been really useful that you maybe could pass on to our listeners three things i usually get people who are starting to open up to their intuition to do they all require a little bit of a leap of faith but not a massive one as it were so one is kind of asking questions and then say you might ask and it is given yeah absolutely ask a question out loud put your hand on your heart take a deep breath okay and then just say my guide say or my intuition says so let's think for question so what's a question that's pertinent for you right now? I'm supposed to be putting you on the spot. You're not supposed well, to put yeah. me on. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, but there's not, no time. <laughs> Just flip like it back. I see what you did there. What is a question that is pertinent for me at the moment? One of the questions you can just ask is, let's go with the guides and what they want to say, right? So let's just say, okay. you know, what do my guides want me to know now? Just say that out loud. What do my guides want? Oh, they said you are love. Oh, so there you go. <laughs> That's it straight away. <laughs> I didn't even have to finish the sentence. I got you are loved in my head. That's so and, sweet. Oh, and that's the thing. Cry. That's the thing. But for anyone who's kind of not as confident as the kind of the sense coming through, what you do is you ask the question, you take a deep breath, put your hand on your heart, and you just say, my guides say, 
my guide say? And then you just finish the sentence. And you might think you're making it up or whatever, but that's guidance. I'd add on to that, and I would use my pendulum yep. to check that came from my guides. And I know it came from my guides, but it's almost like that human thing that's, well, did I just say that in my own head? Yeah. Whereas if you use this and you can say, was, let's do it. Was that message from my guides? Yes. Course, and you that? can feel the resonance. The thing to know with this is a lot of people kind of worry that they're going to get guidance from heavy energy or not so great energy. But you always know guidance by how it makes you feel. If it's guidance from you guys, it's always going to make you feel good. It's always going to be positive. Even if it's like a warning or just watch out for this, watch out for that. It's like talking to a good friend. Would you advise that people start talking to that? Because I always say this in Dharma. I'm like, start talking to your guides. There's like between four and six of them, plus your guardian angels. Absolutely. Talk to them. Absolutely. Chit chat throughout your day, chit chat to them kind of thing. I think it's a really good practice to actually set some time aside to actually talk to them. So I actually, a couple of times a week, I have uh, guide sessions where I will actually get a cup of tea. I will actually kind of go, right, I'll store up what questions do I want guidance on? And then I'll actually kind of ask them. So what do you think of this? And then I'll go, I mean, I don't tend to say my guides say now because I don't need to, but it's just, it's a way of popping out because the intuition mm-hmm. is always there. And if you're not, if you're someone who doesn't feel confident and comfortable kind of vocalizing, then the other thing you can do is that's where writing can come in. And a really good way of doing that is if you're a paper person, that's great. If you're a typey person, that's great. But at the top of the page, just say, what does my soul want me to know now? Or what does my higher self want me to know now? And then you just, again, stop, take a breath and just start writing. And again, mm. most of the time when you're beginning this, you'll think you're making it up. But pretty quickly, you'll come to realize that actually the tone is much more loving, much more uplifting than you would ever write yourself, mm. as it were. Mm. And I think that's the primary thing from the guides to begin with. When people are right at the start of the journey, people need to know they're loved. People need to know they've got worth. It comes back to that self-awareness piece right at the beginning. The guides are always going to say, you're a beautiful, loving human being who's got something that you're here to do that's a great place to start as well and just do that as a practice with these things the reason i love the word practice is because it says what it doesn't yeah yeah totally yeah got a practice Um, it's like anything absolutely exactly yeah i think that's really big actually because people just expect that someday this gift is going to turn on but it doesn't work like that it's very much isn't it it's like going to the gym you have to build a muscle you have to build your connection to enable it to get stronger Absolutely. Absolutely. And the more you practice, actually, it gets stronger, not because they need us to do the practice. It's so that we get out of our own way mm. because we were born with the intuition, as you know, but we're pro- it's about getting all that conditioning out of the way, getting all the 3D and 4D thoughts out of the way, because it is part of our birthright. We are divine beings, ultimately speaking, and that divine connection is part of who we are. Yes, and I think also it's a massive part of what's happening on the planet right now is people are moving from their ego-led thoughts into ascending into their higher selves. This is the work that we are supposed to do now. So any other top tips that you've got that you think our listeners might like? In terms of developing intuition? and that Yeah, kind of stuff. absolutely, yeah. yeah. I'm sure you probably talk about this on Dharma as well, but you can play with them. They have an influence on the three-dimensional world, as it were. This is where you can like begin to work with signs and synchronicities, right? And you can actually start to kind of say, well, if you're faced with a choice, for example, what's the highest choice for me to make? Send me a sign within the next 24 hours. Yay. Pretty much always going to happen, as it were. You've got to be open to this stuff. But I remember like way back in, when I was first thinking about coming back to the UK from the US, I thought, 
I'm going to ask for a sign, but I'm going to game it. So I remember going for a walk with a friend on a beach on California coast. It was a beautiful day. And I was like, if I meant to go back to the UK, I'm going to see a snake cross my path that's green with red markings on it. And I thought, there's no way. I was going to say, that's pretty random to was see a pretty, snake. It was, yeah, pretty random. And also to see a snake that was like, as far as I was aware, there weren't any snakes with red markings on their backs, right? I was like gaming it because I didn't want to come back to the UK. At the time, I was like, I was happy there and that kind of thing. We got out of the car, we walked, and I'm not even kidding you, like literally within like 50 yards, this snake cross with like bright red bands across its back. And I was like, oh, crap, wow. I'm going back to the UK, aren't I? But three weeks later, I was back in the UK. Spirit wow. will always answer. Spirit will always answer. Wow. Like you said, obviously, your work at the moment is you work with a lot of CEOs, execs, kind of foot in both camps really kind of business yeah. people and is this something you work with them on like helping develop their intuition or yeah the one thing that every person either coach or do readings for or do kind of healings for every single one of them is what we might call a light worker an earth angel but someone who is here on a bigger mission than themselves they're here on a purpose so I kind of realized many years ago, not everyone who's a light worker necessarily uses those words or necessarily processes in that way. Sure. But every single one of them is highly intuitive, highly purpose driven, here to do something, quote unquote, good in the world. And I think that's one of the big and most exciting things about this time on the planet. There are so many people that are waking up. There are so mm. many people that are getting that sense of mission and purpose. Mm. For me, the notion of heaven on earth, as it were, is that we realize we are part of this amazing ecosystem on the planet, but that as human beings, we've all got our part to play and we're all interdependent with each other. And that for me is when we realize that and we all contribute to the greater whole, that's for me is heaven on earth. Absolutely. Everyone and living their gifts. Yeah. And I think we've been talking about this stuff for years and it was like literal tumbleweed. You used to say, oh, what's your, <laughs> your sole purpose? And, you know, oh, spirituality. And, and suddenly this just this year, really. It's like Absolutely. so many people are like, wow, I really want to know who I am at soul level and I want to find my purpose. Like, yay! <laughs> yes, it's finally here. I think it was Caroline Mace said about six months ago, I think it was, we've been waiting for this time to be here, this time of change. It's like, we're in it. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. Yeah, I know that is quite exciting when you look at it like that. And, and obviously everything that is happening because it's a catalyst. All the craziness yeah. is, is waking all the sleepers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think it's really easy, isn't it, right now? It, it's been such a tumultuous time and it's so easy to kind of fall into ego judgments about what's happening. But I think the most basic thing is as human beings, we really don't like changing. In fact, we hate it. But if there's one constant in life other than, as Samuel Johnson said, death and taxes, it's change. Mm -hmm. And that's the biggest thing right now. It's like so much change happening that I think a lot of people feel like they're in the swimming pool, but they can't get hold of the sides, as it were. So it can feel it's super fast. Like I'm noticing everything's really, really speeding up and everything's opening up really quickly, which, like you said, don't resist it. Go downstream with it and embrace it. Absolutely. And for me, that's why right now, especially that kind of self-awareness, focusing on the good stuff and the intuition is so important because the only reference point we've got is our own connection. The stronger that is, the more grounded <clears throat> we're going to be. Because mm. obviously for people listening, you have a podcast where you talk all about this as well, don't you? Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about where they can find you, your podcast, obviously the niche and what it's talking about? So the podcast is called The Sacred Wild Podcast. And for me, it's kind of like a, the next stage of my work as well. Because for me, 
having moved out to the country, one of the things that's come out of the last year is lots of people have started flooding out to nature. And for me, what's happening right now is we're unearthing our true nature, unearthing our divine nature. And we are part of this big ecosystem, which is nature, as it were. So the Sacred Wild podcast is all about how do we work with nature itself to unearth our gift, to unearth our spirit, to unearth our journey on this planet. Mm. We've moved away from that so much. If you look about like the you know, Native American Indians and all of the kind of, we've kind of got lost, haven't we, from, our, from the land and from Mother Gaia. So it's so important that we're going back to the wild. Absolutely. It's called Sacred Wild because for me, our very nature is we are sacred yes. and we are wild. We've been domesticated into all of this conditioning and actually our true nature, when I see someone's spirit, it's like a flame. And you know what fire is like. It's wild, not contained per se. So that's what it's all about. It's like, how do we come back to our sacred wild nature, as it were? And the podcast, it's on all the usual places and at thesacredwild.co. Sacredwild.co and it's on iTunes and... iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you okay, can find podcasts. It's, it's all there. So uh, yeah, I have some great people on there. I'm very fortunate that you're going to be on very soon as well, which I'm really pleased dun, dun, about. Yeah. Dun, dun, indeed. Absolutely. Excellent. And obviously you did very kindly say you were going to give away a couple of readings. So what would you like our listeners to do? So if you go to my website, which is chrissaroy.com, and there's actually I've set up a page just for, for your listeners called chrissaroy.com forward slash dharma. If you go there, there's a just landing page and there'll be a like a sign up for the newsletter and be a little bit about what's the most you've got from this podcast. I would pick two people at random, but like we said earlier, my guys will probably have something to say about that as well. So Yeah, that's awesome because that shows that whoever wins will really be benefiting from it. I have that same thing when I give away like readings and stuff. I always just trust because the guides always tell you who to pick and you just know that the person who's receiving it really needs it. So that's wonderful. That's fantastic. It's very kind of you. I know our listeners will be really pleased and I can vouch for Chris's readings. They are mind-blowing. So hold on to your hats for <laughs> any of you who enter that competition because you're going to get some really incredible information coming through. So just tell the guys one more time where they can find you. ChrisSheroy.com. So Chris, yeah, com forward slash Dharma. Sign up. Let me know that you're there. And then about a week after the podcast is out, I will uh, pull two people out of the hat, as it were. And yeah, we'll get some readings going. Chris, thank you so much for coming. We've been talking about doing this for ages and we finally did it. I'm so honoured. Thanks for having me on. It's been awesome. My pleasure. My pleasure. So guys, go and check him out. Go and follow his podcast. Go and enter to win that competition. It's going to be such an incredible prize. And we will see you next week with another wonderful guest on the Dharma Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Dharma Life podcast. I do hope you enjoyed this episode. Please come over and say hello on my Instagram, our Facebook group. And also, please let me know what you thought. So if you are listening, please take a screenshot of the podcast that you are listening to. Tag me on Instagram and I will reshare your post. And please let me know what it is that you got out of today's episode. Remember, when we do our Dharma, we are happier, healthier, we live longer, and we have a deep sense of unshakable inner peace.